Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone! Hi everyone! I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. All right, here we are. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. We are here in the Christmas spirit. I mean, we are full blown into Christmas right okay. now. Okay, Kelly, our birthday has come and gone. Did you make your deadline? Do you have your tree? I have the tree and it is in my house. So, yes, I made the deadline. I mean, okay, thank you for <laughs> applauding. I just made it, though. I mean, right. it was on the day that right. I was decorating it, and I was like crazy mama. I'm like, we got to do this today. We got to do this today. <laughs> I I had my tree in the backyard for quite a while. Before. I was like, we're not bringing it in until we're ready. You right, know? right, yeah. right. Yeah. I actually bring it in. I bring it in. I put it in the stand. I let oh. the branches fall, and I let it sit there empty because it's kind of like – this has to get done. This right. has to get done. Otherwise, it, I think I would just forget. It's staring at you. Yeah, it's it, begging it's for decorations. It's taunting you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have some decorations up in the house. Good. And you do, Good. too. I do, too. Mm -hmm. We actually decorated a lot on the outside. Mm. You know, like the people on our street have all decorated their house houses outside really nice. And we were kind of like, oh, um, we, putting the pressure we on. have to do it, too. <laughs> so we kind of upped the ante this year. Good. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, and I just think that this year more than ever, yeah. people need some joy and some hope. I mean, the numbers are surging here in Massachusetts. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know where all our listeners are, but the numbers are surging. They're having the governor has announced more restrictions. Right. You know, we're we're not totally sure what's going to happen with our schools. Right. And I just think Christmas is something that's you know bringing us joy. We ha right. We have to focus on the things that we can be joyful about because right. there's a lot that's just kind of sad right now right yeah right. hopefully our podcast is one of the things that is bringing you joy I you know so. i hope you can listen to it you know we're so excited for next week's episode because that's, right. that's the one where you're going to pick the carol pick the hymn right and you know i have it on twitter too mm -hmm. and i don't know if i've gotten any votes what right our twitter <laughs> i do have twitter followers so come on vote let us know which hymn you want joy to the world Silent Night, Angels We Have Heard on High, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and What Child Is This? They're all good. So the song that we have for today is a big one. And it's not one of those five, obviously. No, Kelly, wouldn't you say it's not really a congregational hymn? Yeah, I probably wouldn't pick this as a congregational right. hymn. It's, it's awesome for a solo, awesome for a choir. Yeah. Incredible for a soloist who can really sing it because right. it's not an easy song. Nope. And one of the things that um, we know about the song is that it comes up on people's favorites all the time. All the time. If you ask someone to name some of their favorite carols, it's this one that comes out. And I do love it. I find there's like this emotional, dramatic yeah. uh, part to it that it just, you connect with. Right. I feel like Every time I listen to it, no matter who the singer is, I get a little teary-eyed. Mm, and I bet people, I bet there's a lot of people who are just like that, Care. Yeah. All right, do you want to tell them what Let's it is? Let's tell them. I wonder if they can kind of figure it out. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's dramatic. It's a lot of people's favorites, and it kind of makes you cry. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. All right, All right today's hymn is Oh Holy, Holy Night. Night. Woohoo! I hope 
I really can just picture our listeners smiling because this mm-hmm. is a favorite. Now, last week we did Away in a Manger. This was actually written, you know, around the same time. We're mm-hmm. talking about this mid-1800s. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're from the same time period, but they're really different. Oh, yeah, very you, different. Very different. I mean, when you think of, you know, Away in a Manger maybe being a song for children, mm-hmm. a song that's appropriate for kids' voices, this is like the opposite. Yeah. This yeah. is... This is such a hard song to oh, sing. I'm so glad we're picking this one because there's such good information about it. And I'm sure people don't know. Right. And it, since it's everybody's favorite, right? they should know more you about it. You should know more about it. You should know more about it. So we did a lot of research. You know, people might not know this, but it was a French poem. That's right. So we have the poet who wrote the words. Mm-hmm. Then we have the French composer who wrote the music Mm -hmm. and then we have the American who translated it into English which is the song that we all know so there's a lot to this song and we did a lot of digging on each of those men but before we even get to that we have this like really cool story yeah so I don't know if this is like common knowledge maybe for engineers and people Mm -hmm. who are really into the radio yeah but this is so fascinating to me up till 1906 the only sounds that were being transmitted through radio waves were, you know, Morse code. We have Marconi to thank for that. Right. So all you heard were dots and dashes. Mm-hmm. In 1906, this man by the name of Reginald Aubrey Fessenden, now he's an inventor, he's a chemist, he did something that people thought was impossible. <laughs> he figured out that by combining these two frequencies together, radio could do more than simply transmit Morse codes. He found that it was possible to actually speak over the airwaves. Oh. So he is like in his garage right here in Massachusetts. Wow. <laughs> in a village in Marshfield, Mass, right in Plymouth County. There's a huge, beautiful beach there. I feel like I can't oh. believe we've never gone to Brant I want to go beach. there, yeah. Yeah. And he was, like, in his garage figuring things out. And for the first time, we heard sound of the human voice over these radio waves. Wow. So he spoke into a microphone for the first time. It was Christmas Eve, 1906. And he just pulled out his Bible. Wow. The first sounds ever heard, the first sounds of the human voice. Right were his reading Luke chapter 2. He began in a clear, strong voice and shocked radio operators on ships, (laughs) wireless owners at newspapers, everybody who was used to hearing Morse code were shocked by hearing this sound. Wow. And then after he finished his reading, he picked up his violin and played Oh Holy Night. Wow. So that was the first sound of humans talking mm-hmm. and the first sound of music. Mm-hmm. I mean, the radio, we all just take that for granted. I that you know. turn it on and there's going to be something there. But once upon a time, not that long ago, <laughs> there was no nothing like that on right. the radio. And after his work, I mean, voice radio became right. possible. Right. Now, it would take about 10 years and the First World War before it really became commonplace. Mm-hmm. People kind of didn't think it was necessary. <laughs> what I think is most amazing about this, Kelly, is that Like, we really broke the loneliness, Mm. right? People who were all alone could now connect with a voice or connect with music through the radio. I mean, to me, when you think of radio transmitting to everybody in the world, it, like, breaks through the loneliness. Mm -hmm. And isn't that exactly what 
Jesus's birth does. Right. It right. like breaks through your loneliness. And that's what the radio did that night. Wow. I love On it. On Christmas Eve. I, I love know. that. I kind of wanted it to sound like it might have sounded that night. I know. So I have this musician from upstate New York. His name is Chris Stevens, and he's playing Oh Holy Night on the violin. Wow. So maybe we could have his music playing. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, would you read the words? Absolutely. So these English words are by an English-speaking minister named John Sullivan Dwight. And they're the translation from the French poet. All right, let's hear them and let's hear the violin. Okay. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh hear the angel voices, oh night divine, oh night when Christ was born, oh night, oh holy night, oh night divine. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star sweetly gleaming, here came the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger, in all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need, to our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king, Before him lowly bend, behold your king, before him lowly bend. Truly he taught us to love one another, his law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. That is a very full carol. There is a lot right. to it. Right. You know, it's it talks about so much more than just his birth. And it's so interesting to me that it started in another language. So it started in French. Mm-hmm. And the name of it is Menuit Chrétien. Wow. Now, we- does that mean, oh, holy night? <laughs> I know it doesn't. It means midnight Christians. Oh. Midnight Christians. And it was written wow. in 1844. Okay, so... Menuit Christian. Very good. Chrétien. Chrétien. <laughs> How many times are you going to say it? Menuit Chrétien. Yeah. So it's funny that this song has so many French roots, because, I mean, me and you, we don't have any French in our background at all, but we have this awesome memory of being in France for one day. Do you remember, Carrie? Yes, one big day. <laughs> one big day. That's all we have. So, you know, when we were in college, Carrie lived in England for right. the whole year. She was this, uh, a foreign exchange student. Right. 
And you traveled. To I France. went back and forth. Yes, multiple yes. times. It, it was pretty easy to go. You you had the bus, the ferry, and then another bus ride that got you to Paris. And right. um, and it was fairly cheap. I want to say it was something like thirty pounds or something. Okay. And I so you would do it a lot, right? And you would just go over. But I really didn't want to spend all this time in France because I had already been there. Right. So I was like, all right, we'll just go for a day so Kelly can see the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, <laughs> and of course. The, the Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I remember loving it. And I yeah. re- and um, the Arc de Triomphe, I yeah, remember that Yeah, the Arc de Triomphe, we went yep. there, yeah. And I think we probably saw Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't just those two places. Yeah. But, but, but it was, was just this, this mad dash. Whirlwind tourist <laughs> Running thing. from one place to another. And, of course, we had no money when we went. No. I mean, the biggest joke was that we did it as cheaply as possible. Right. And oftentimes we had to choose between like eating and like going to a museum because we couldn't afford to do both. So, I mean, I think we just went to a cafe and had like a A croissant (laughs) and like a cup of coffee. Actually, maybe not. Not even. Maybe water. Yeah. And then that was like the one meal we ate for the day. And I also remember maybe it wasn't in France, but we would get like a baguette. Yes, and, and we would eat it all day. And we would day. just, like, take pieces of the baguette and eat it. What else did we carry? Do you remember the candy? Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> we would carry the Toblerone, the big, long, rect- uh, triangle, triangle, and we would just eat it all day. Yeah, yeah, just a little piece. <laughs> oh, I'm a little hungry. Let's have one piece. <laughs> yeah, right. what we do when we're young in our 20s, right? I know. Yeah, but it was so great. So my dream is to someday go back to Europe and not... <laughs> Do that. Live like a popper. Right, right. <laughs> Actually go to a restaurant and sit and yes. have a meal off a menu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and music was a big part of our t- trip. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the graveyards of famous composers. Yeah. and yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we didn't know this then, but we could have looked up this poet. His name is Placide Capot. Yeah, we actually could have gone to his hometown. He ended up being mayor at the end of his oh, life. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's learn a little bit about this poet named Placide. Placide Capot was born in France in 1808 on October 25th. Now, mm-hmm. he was the son of a What's cooper. That? What's that? What's a that? cooper? I didn't know this. A I cooper know. is a person trained to make wooden casks and barrels and buckets and tubs. Oh, okay. So they take care of the wood, they treat the wood, and they form it into these shapes that they want. Okay, so he was a tradesman. He was a trade. That was, that's what his father did. And, and Placide should have followed in his father's footsteps. Right. But when he was a child, he was eight years old, there was an accident where a family friend shot a gun. Yikes. And he lost his hand. His hand had to be amputated. Yeah. Oh, no. And the shooter's father paid for half of his education because they felt so bad. He was able to go to school, college. He studied literature and law. He was even licensed to practice law. Wow. Yeah. But instead, he became... A merchant of wines and spirits. Wow. Yeah. So the parish priest in Capo's community asked him to write a Christmas poem to celebrate the renovation of their organ. Oh, wow. We hear about we hear this. this. This is a big deal in the life of a church. Yes. You de- you have a new organ or you're renovating it and you have a dedication ceremony right. and you want original music. So they asked him to write a Christmas poem. Now, he agreed to do it despite being an avowed atheist. Oh. Yeah, but he went to the Bible, he researched Luke chapter 2, and he wrote the French lyrics to O Holy Night. Now, his friend, an opera singer named Emily Laurie, saw the text, 
and thought it was so beautiful and so Mm. moving that she went and asked her composer friend if he would write the music for it. And he remarkably did. And Emily Laurie sang it like three weeks later at this church organ ceremony in France. The composer was a Frenchman named Adolphe Adam. Mm -hmm. And this hymn was sung by Emily Laurie and people went nuts over it. The The parishioners absolutely loved it. Now, when Catholic church leaders found out that it was written by right. these two people who were not churchgoers, who were not believers, they actually banned it. Oh, no. They banned it for like 20 years. It was not allowed to be sung in the church. But of course, this is France. We have the French Revolution. Right. The people want to sing it, and they still sing it. Wow. <laughs> Just not in church. Right. <laughs> right. So this composer that we learned a little bit about is Adolphe Adam. Mm-hmm. He was born in Paris on July 24th, 1803. He was a French composer, and he was a music critic. Now, this is so interesting Mm. to me. His father was also a composer. Okay. And his father was a music professor, but his father did not want him to study music. He did not want him to follow in his footsteps. And Adolf wanted to so badly, he actually studied secretly. (laughs) Yep. But finally, his father relented, and at 17, he allowed him to study at the Paris Conservatoire. which is the Paris Conservatory of Music, but only if Adolf promised him that he would only study music as amusement but not as a career. You know, there must have been like some story. They must have, he must have struggled, you know, with his career choices and he didn't want his son to do it. But actually by age 20, he was writing for vaudeville houses. He was playing for the orchestra there. um, And he, and he was composing a ton. Now, unlike all the rest of our hymn writers that we've talked about, they are famous for writing hundreds of hymns. Right. This guy, he is not known for writing hymns. He wrote operas. He wrote ballets. And he wrote the music to this one Christmas carol Mm -hmm. called Menuit Chrétien, which is Midnight Christians, which is O Holy Night. But he was an opera guy. So... I feel like that fits right. so well to how we sing O Holy Night. Right. It is not... It's not your typical hymn. It's not a song that just anybody can sing. Right. I can see how his background in opera, it would have caused him to create something yeah. that really a professional singer right. can sing. And he custom wrote it for Emily. Right. So, so Emily, that's totally different. That's right. not Fanny Crosby writing a hymn for everyone. Right. He wrote it for one woman. Um, so, you know, he has this kind of funny story. He yeah, was writing and writing and writing. He was working with the uh, opera house in Paris, mm-hmm. and he argued with the director of the opera. Can you imagine, like, the director and, right. the and the composer? They don't always get along, and they have different visions. And he up and quit, and he <laughs> opened his own—he invested a ton of his own money in his own opera house. He opened it in 1847 and closed it in 1848 because of Why? Because of the French Revolution. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, and, and he lost a lot of money. And after that, he ended up just doing whatever he could to try to make some of the money back. But he died in 1856 at only 53 years old. Wow. And so that father who, like, really yeah. didn't want him to go yeah. into music. I mean, he ended up, like, really failing financially. I mean, his music is absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Yep. Can we talk about how hard it is to sing? I mean, it's very hard to sing. If you, like, Google the hardest sing- songs to sing, Oh Holy Night is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I 
I teach a voice class at the college level, and this is a hard song. When I looked up people who have sung this song and who've recorded it, I mean, it's men and women with amazing voices and incredible ranges. You know, this isn't being sung by, you know, just a boy band or, you know, just someone who has like a one-hit wonder. This is being sung by women and men who have big ranges and who are really, like, classically trained. Right. Yeah, so who are some of the artists that we know who've who've recorded this song? There's so many. I mean, do you have a favorite? Because I kind of have a favorite. I know that, you know, my friend Trisha loves Celine. Yeah. Celine has a great voice. Yeah. So I know she does it awesome. And my friend Maria, who's not even a singer, says that her way of singing it is the best. That's right. She (laughs) says that she likes her version. She just likes her version because she just likes to sing it. Right. Um, My two daughters and I have a really pretty a cappella arrangement that we do. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can share that. I know. Hopefully we can share it soon. Also, one of my favorite singers, just whatever he does, I love is Josh Groban. Yeah. And when he sings Oh Holy Night, it, it Oh my gosh, you just reminded me. How about Andrea Bocelli? Now, Andrea Bocelli, you can find him. He did a a, a performance, a concert where he actually sang it in French. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. The it's tr- gorgeous the, in French. The English translation is kind of awesome though, but hearing it in French is beautiful. Right. And yeah. um you know, you have people like Mariah Carey, Carrie yes. Underwood, yes. Um, Celine Dion, Luciano Pavarotti, right. and Placido Domingo. Yeah, These are people who have awesome voices. Yep. And one of the reasons why I like kind of roll my eyes with this song is because if it's someone who doesn't have that great of a voice, it's not the <laughs> easiest to sing. So and he, I don't even like the way I sing it. Like, I'm not even <laughs> saying I can do it any better. It is a hard, it's a hard song. song. So what makes this song hard? So it has this huge range. Mm-hmm. The, it, it's an octave and a half range. Okay. You know, if you're talking about like pop songs that are on the radio. Yeah. And even even like Christian contemporary songs. Right. They, they don't have a ton of range there. Right. And why is that? Well, that's because it's made for people to sing. Right. Everyone, whether you're a soprano or a bass or you don't sing at all, these songs are made for you to sing. Right. Oh, Holy Night was is not, not made, made for, for everyone. everyone. <laughs> We're twins. Now, I mean, an octave and a half isn't isn't like horrible to think about. Right. I mean, you hear of singers, you know, professional well, two singers, two three. three yeah. I mean, is Mariah Carey, does she say know, she, she has says four? four. Um, but it's the idea of being strong and yes. having a strong voice for an octave and a half. Right. So it's not just about having the range, it's about having that strength. Right. And the thing is, is that those high notes are held for a long time. Right. I mean, if you just had to like jump up to that right. note and come right back right. down, probably you could do that. But to hold that note yeah. out, those high notes mm-hmm. are full of diphthongs. What's that? <laughs> What's that? So this is something, you know, I teach, I teach a voice class at the college right. level, and this is something that we talk about. A diphthong is a, a word that actually has two vowels sounding, mm-hmm. and this this song is full of them. Mm-hmm. The word night, right. the word night. So it, it you might just say that's the I sound, but if you hold it out, night, you can hear that there's an ah sound and an e sound. And that's a that's a sound that's that doesn't always sound super pretty, right? And if if you have someone who's maybe less trained, they don't know to hold out the first vowel right. sound. So right. when you jump to that second vowel sound, 
it's not that pretty. No, no. No, and the general rule with diphthongs, if you are practicing mm-hmm. your own songs, mm-hmm. is to hold that first vowel and at the last second do the second vowel. M&M's, always mm-hmm. fun. That's Ooh. for our musical friends. <laughs> M&M's, yeah, so, that's our musical nerd moment. Mm-hmm. And this is like how singers think. Right. They don't just sing. They actually think of each sound that they make, each vowel, each consonant, and this when you think about the vowels, it is complicated. Yeah. It's definitely more challenging than a song like Away in a Manger. Right. And there's and they also have these long, beautiful notes on consonants that aren't great to sing. Mm-hmm. Like L for mm-hmm. the word fall. Fall like right. no, you can't hold that L. Right. And R you know, ever more proclaim. There's a lot of R's just in ever more proclaim. So it makes it harder. It's not just the range, because probably a lot of singers could do the range. It's the range, it's the sustained notes, it's the diphthongs, and it's the consonants. And the sustained notes, I mean, don't just, you know, talk over those, because that breath support that you need for those high sustained notes with the diphthong, Mm -hmm. that is tremendously difficult. And... The ability to have that breath control, I I mean, that is super hard. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as I've gotten older, it's definitely harder to do. Of course. Yeah. And and if you're not warmed up, I mean, right. yeah. So I really think that if you're going to sing Oh Holy Night well, you have to practice it, maybe mm-hmm. have a little bit of training. And, you know, if you're listening, share us your favorite versions of the song oh, because yeah. – there's a lot of them out there. So I do love Josh Groban's. Yes, me um, too. But we are going to end our podcast today yes. with our friend. I know. This is so cool. Yeah, this is so cool. Our friend Chris Moeller is an awesome singer and awesome guitarist. Yep. And he will be singing mm-hmm. Oh Holy Night for us. Which he's done at our church on Christmas Eve a few times. Which is why I asked him to do it today. I know. And he's great. <laughs> he knows it. He loves it. Yeah. And he does have an awesome voice. So I hope that all of you listening are just blessed by that version. Mm-hmm. That's going to be at the end. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait for you guys to hear that okay so we have this song that was written in french that Mm -hmm. was really hard to sing adolf adam wrote the music to it for his opera singer friend right and that's called cantique noel Mm -hmm. yeah and then finally it moves and is brought to america and we have someone who's willing to translate it into english and this guy is awesome because again we have found a guy from massachusetts how do we keep doing that I mean, you might think we choose the so- choose the songs because we know that we have right. this local connection, but we really don't. No, we choose the song, and then we learn of the people who wrote them, and we learn that we have this thing in common. <laughs> that they're like right down the street yeah. from us. I mean, the guy with the radio. Yeah, right. You know, Southern Mass. Yep. And on the then, South Shore. And then we have this so minister who was born in, where was it? Was it Boston? Boston. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is John Sullivan Dwight. I mean, is that like a Massachusetts name or what? Totally. Yeah. So he was born in Boston, Massachusetts on May 13th, 1813. Mm. And he graduated from Harvard Divinity School in 1836. And he was ordained a minister in 1840. But... He really, it proved that he didn't want to be a minister afterwards. He didn't, he instead developed this interest in music. Okay. He actually became a huge fan of Beethoven. Nice. And what I think he's most famous for is that he started a weekly music column called Dwight's Journal of Music. <laughs> and it was one of the most re- respected and influential periodicals in the country. Wow. This weekly music column. Yeah. So before he had the column, he had music just kind of as, as, a, um, as a hobby. Sure. 
And he graduated from Harvard Divinity wow. School. And at this time in the early 1800s, there was a movement happening in Massachusetts. When I think of all the things that like right. started here, um, and it was transcendentalism. What's that? What's that? <laughs> so What's that? are people not sure? You could do your research on transcendentalism. It came out of Unitarianism. Okay. Now it's this philosophical movement mm-hmm. um, really developing right here in the eastern part of the United States. Right. Now the core belief is the inherent goodness of people and nature. So people are just at their best when they're self-reliant and independent. Right, because it's like the society right. and it's the world and it's the institutions that corrupt the individual. Right. So, so this, if you're just left on your own, you would be you're good, perfectly fine. You're good. No, and we can get into the transcendentalist movement a little bit more. People can do their own research of what they think happens in the afterlife. But in the, just that little tidbit of information right. is kind of the opposite of Christianity. Right. You know, and Christianity is that we are born with sin. Um, and and transcendentalist is that you're good. You're a good person. So we have the third person participating in the creation right. of O Holy Night, who isn't really a believer. Right. I mean, who, he he does not believe that Jesus Christ came to save us he because doesn't. we need to be saved. He thinks we're fine. Yeah. And so this. This is so interesting. I don't know if people around here know about this. Yeah, tell us. But he, they lived on a commune. There was a transcendental commune. Okay. It was in West Roxbury. It's called Brook Farm. Hmm. And they all lived there together. They lived there together. They shared everything. They worked together. And um, he was the director of the school there because obviously there were schools. There was a big focus on the arts. And it was music, Aww. but also like poetry and yeah. writing. Some famous transcendental people that you will definitely recognize Henry David Thoreau, mm-hmm. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, they all spent time at Brook Farm. Unfortunately, these people who were all sharing together and loving and loving each other, um, you know, didn't last financially. Um, when they left the farm, this Brook Farm in West Roxbury served as a Civil War training camp. Wow. And then eventually became an orphanage. Many of the buildings were were destroyed by fire, but they have since been rebuilt, and now they are on the list of historical places. And we could go there and take a tour. Take a tour. Oh, I totally want West to. Roxbury Brook Farm. I totally want to take a tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, once everything kind of shut down at Brook Farm, okay. that's when he really did his his periodical, the weekly column, mm-hmm. and then he translated the Carol from the French in 1855. And I mean, he did an awesome. And job. he did an awesome job. I think he was trying to be true to the words, like Christ was born. But there are some phrases that kind of remind me of a little bit more transcendental. Okay. Um, like and now the, that you say them, now that you point them out, we'll right. all look at it differently. <laughs> I mean, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Right. So we, I always would have read that to be like, you know, we were all full of sin right. and we're error all pining. In, we are in the world. Right. But now, now that I know that about him, I wonder if it's more like the world was full of sin. Right. Yeah. And it corrupted us. Yeah. Then he says a little bit later, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Right. I don't know. I just feel like now that I know a little bit more about him, that might not mean what we thought it was going to mean. And then again, truly, he taught us to love one another. I know that that, you know, loving each other and taking care of each other was big for them. So it's not that it's bad. It's just that, you know, it's just it, I, I we look at it with like a different lens on, right. don't we? Right. But 
we still worship with it. Our words that bring honor and glory to Christ the King. I mean, the, the second line, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Right. Period. You know, yeah. Period. Yeah. We believe, We know that he is our dear Savior. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the words. Okay. Let's just take that first, that sentence that I quoted from earlier mm-hmm. and see what the Bible what says. What does the Bible <laughs> say? These are girls. <laughs> All right. So that first sentence that I mentioned, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Mm-hmm. The, si- the world that we are living in is full of sin. Mm-hmm. Right from the fall in Genesis and to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Right. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. So that's the curse that came from the fall of man right in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, right there, our our world is lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started way back then and continues today. Right. Our world is lost and needs a savior. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the part where, he, where John Sullivan Dwight wrote... A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I love this for so many reasons. Now, first of all, you're calling our world weary. Right. John Sullivan Dwight must have thought his world was weary at the time. Oh, my gosh. Our world is weary right now. Our world is weary. Oh, my goodness. I mean, are people feeling that today? Yes. It is. We are weary. So the weary world rejoices because we have this thrill of hope. Right. Now, this brings me to Lamentations. Now, I know that we would probably never think of a Christmas song being in Lamentations, but this is chapter 3. What does the Bible now, say? this is Jeremiah, and he is at the peak of weariness. If you read chapter 3, I'm not even going to read the whole thing, right. but if you read chapter 3, he is at the lowest point. He says, I am the man who has seen affliction. He said... He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He is feeling so down. It says, my soul is bereft of peace. He Uh says, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Uh Now, at this point around verse 20, He starts to remember, and he says, I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So even when Mm. you're feeling at your lowest of lows, right, you have this hope, and maybe it's in the back of your mind. I mean, but it's somewhere. You have to call to it. And he says, therefore, I have hope. In verse 22, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. I will hope in him. And I see this Jeremiah just feeling so down. The hope in the, in God is there. He just forgets about it. Right. And when he forces himself to, to think upon it and reflect on it, what does he say? The steadfast love never ceases. The Lord's mercies never come mm-hmm. to an end. They are new every morning. And what does O Holy Night say? A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a A new new and glorious morn. They are new every morning, no matter how dark the night is. We have hope in the Lord. The sun will rise. He will be there for us. His 
mercies will be there for us. Right. And I just go right back to to Jeremiah. Well, it's so funny because Lamentations is a book that's full of lament. Right. And in the book of Psalms, there are full of there are tons of laments. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the laments, there is always a praise. Mm-hmm. Yes, we get into our mood, and yes, we have things that aren't going right, and yes, we lament to God. But there is always a praise. You have to remember right. that it's there is hope. There is a God who will take care of us. And is that a message that we need in our world right, right. now or what? Right. And we as a world are putting our hope in so many different yeah. things. The hope is in the, the stock market. The vaccine. The, the Our government. I mean, the hope can be in so many other things. The company you work for. Yep. The only thing, the only hope that we can rely on is our hope in God. Right. And that goes back to, you know, standing on the promises of yeah, God. That yeah. was our second podcast. Right. And we said we can rely on the promises of God. Mm-hmm. He is our hope. And that's all what Advent is about. He is our hope. So another line that I really love, yeah. and again, this has kind of made even, it's it's made such an impact on me just this week researching it, is when the song says, chains he shall break mm. for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. John Sullivan Dwight was an abolitionist. He Mm -hmm. was opposed Mm -hmm. to slavery. I just think of the verse in Philemon, Mm -hmm. chapter 1. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, um, John Sullivan Dwight was either knowingly or unknowingly, right. you know, quoting right. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the song ends about praising his name forever. Mm-hmm. We could list scripture verse after scripture verse about praising his name. I also love the line, in grateful chorus raise we, because I yeah. picture like my whole choir singing. Um, you know, one of the one of the most famous scenes that I can think of is a choir singing, Oh Holy Night, in a Christmas movie, <laughs> Kara, do you know which movie I'm talking about? <laughs> of course I do. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. When I know. we talk about, you know how those things come around, name your top five Christmas movies or right. something? This is one of mine. I know. It's mine, too. I wonder if it's our, our listeners. Home, Home Alone. alone. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the scene at the very end. Yeah. Well, not the very end, but close Towards to the, the end. end. And he's walking into the Christmas Eve service at the church, right. and it's empty. It's empty. So I don't know what church he's going to, but no I, one is there. I always feel like they might be practicing. Like the church service is actually going to start like in an hour. Oh, okay. And they're all okay. there early practicing, okay. and it's empty. And the choir is singing. And you see the choir director conducting. Yeah. And I, I will, we'll share the clip yeah. on, on, on our social media sure. so people can see it. But it actually... Got me a little bit because oh. I miss conducting, I miss singing, yeah. I miss singing in church. And aren't there children's voices? And it's children's yeah, voices. So, and they're so, so sweet. pretty. Yeah. And and Kevin, the you know, the boy, the boy, he like takes his hat off and he walks in and he's just like amazed at what he's seeing right. and what he's hearing. He knows it's a solemn moment. Yeah. And yeah. then he's afraid because he sees old man Marley. He's there. The church is empty except for old man Marley. There's a few people. But you're right. He could be listening to his daughter, his granddaughter sing. Right, right. And he he just says to him, Merry Christmas. Right. You know, and he's not as scared. Um, And, you know, there's this movie, this song is probably in every Christmas movie somewhere. Yeah, you know. I mean, turn on the Hallmark Channel and I bet you're going to find it. There's too many movies to even mention. It's basically in every made-for-TV Christmas movie. I mean, I have a couple of titles. I mean, A Very Charming Christmas Town. (laughs) 
Okay. A country Christmas story. Okay. But it's also in Christmas episodes of TV shows. Right. So it's in MASH and The Simpsons, right. Frasier. Oh, it's, I read that it was on The Simpsons a bunch of times. Yep. Glee. Yep, Glee. Uh, the Mindy Project, Melissa and Joey, mm-hmm. 30 Rock, and of course, you know, the movie with music by John Williams, yes. Home Alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, you're going to hear this song a, a bunch of times, maybe right. between now and Christmas. You're going to see it in movies. You're going to see it on TV shows. You'll hear it on the radio. And you'll hear it in churches. Hopefully it makes the birth of Jesus just a little bit more real, you know, that you can really worship him knowing um, a little bit more about the hymn. Yeah. And we're so excited to have our friend Chris sing for you. Yes. All right. So Chris Moeller is a guitarist and a singer. And what what is his job? Is he like an engineer? Oh, he's like a computer person. Yeah. We actually don't even know. No. But he's incredibly talented. Right. And um, we know you'll be blessed with his rendition of Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and ever pining Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth The thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder grace, a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, no.
Oh my gosh, that was so pretty. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. All right, we're going to share that on yes. our social media so yes. everybody can see that. And he has a YouTube channel so right. people can subscribe. And I think he's posting songs like every week. Yeah, and uh, there's been some Christmas songs. So Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Um, all right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We are so excited for next week's podcast. Yep. Be sure to tune in. Yep. Be sure to get your votes in fast. Do it today. Do it today. Because we're going to be doing this Go now. to Facebook and go to Twitter and do it today. Yes. And then, and then we'll see you next week for our last podcast before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much about this hymn and there's so much about the Christmas season that we could leave you with. But for today, we're focusing on the line in the song where he says, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. And, you know, we just need a little bit more love here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whoever is in your circle, have a little love for them. Have a little grace for them. These are not the easiest of times, but God calls us to love each other. Yeah. Listen to the gospel, John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my, my disciples, if you have love for one another. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Him Talk, Twin Talk. Bye. Keep singing.